BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Incomparable, number 702, February 2024. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell. This is going to be one of these rare episodes where we talk about a sitcom. I mean, we don't don't do that a lot. Have we done? I think we've done that before, but not very often. But this is a sitcom that I think is firmly in our wheelhouse because it is a genre sitcom. And then also in our wheelhouse because, one, it's a British sitcom. And, and then, two, it's also an American sitcom. What? <laughs> Oh, there's a lot to talk about. And I will say also, they're both very good comedies and TV shows, and you should watch them. We're talking about ghosts. Yes. Oh, I thought we were talking about The Office. It could be, or All in the Family, or <laughs> right. Sanford and Son. Right. There's many or, options. Right. So many. But no. Right. Or Call Me Cat. Yeah, sure. But we're but it's not. It's ghosts. Surprise to everyone. Let me introduce my panelists who are going to talk about ghosts. Uh, and we're going to talk about them in a, in a lightly spoilery fashion to try to convince you to watch one or both of them. And then we'll fire off the spoiler horn and maybe get into a little more detail. Although, can you spoil a sitcom? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe you can. Uh, Cicero Holmes, you heard him. He's here. Hi, Cicero. Uh, hi, Jason. Uh, I keep hearing Chumbawamba. Is that is that a problem? I mean, I I I don't see anybody. I don't I don't know if there's a problem at all. Annette Weirster is here. Hello. Hello. You're gonna want to hug the bear, but don't. Mm, interesting. Uh, don't do it. Erica Ensign is also here. Hello. Coming to you from Alberta to talk about Alberta. Oh, nice. <laughs> and uh, I went down in the basement and uh, oh, there's somebody down here. It's Heather Burbrett. Hi, Heather. Yeah, don't go to the basement. I mean, though, <laughs> it's very friendly down there it in is. a very scary way. <laughs> All right. I, so I'm going to give Erica some bonus points here Woo. because she suggested we do an episode about ghosts. I'm not going to take away those bonus points because I said, yes, Erica, you should schedule that and host that yeah. yourself. And uh-huh. that did not happen. But then I watched it and I was like, okay, uh, the statute of limitations has lapsed on Erica's <laughs> suggestion. I'm going to just totally. schedule an episode about ghosts. Ghosts uh, started out. So there was a, they, a comedy troupe uh, slash uh, collective maker of TV shows in Britain called Them There. They did a show called Horrible Histories that is my friend Simon's daughter, Lexi's favorite, was her favorite show when she was young. Um, but they decided to make a a little more adult-targeted uh, sitcom, and they made Ghosts for the BBC. And then that went, like, I think CBS immediately bought it and said, we would like to do a an American version of this, and that is a hit in the U.S. about, as we record this, about to start its third season, I believe. Yep. So uh, the premise of both shows is that a young couple inherits, through wacky means, inherits an old mansion. And then, again, through wacky means, namely a basically means. <laughs> bump to the head, uh, the wife of the husband and wife couple is is uh hit conked on the noggin not by a coconut 
but uh, now she can. She has a near death experience, and now she can see ghosts. And boy, there are a lot of ghosts in that old old mansion. And that's the premise. So the premise is essentially, um, I think. I think the them there the the people who did the original uh, British version, they thought like the premise is really what if a bunch of ghosts were trapped together for eternity and wouldn't. And they would bump off each other in various ways and play off each other. And that would be very funny. I think what the both shows have learned is that the delight of it and, and the thing that makes it a sort of a special show, both of them special is by having uh, one person in the real world in the, of the living be able to communicate with them. It opens up a whole other storytelling set of possibilities because there's now a mm-hmm. dynamic element but also because nobody else who's alive can see them, there is a complicating element. And it's just every time I watch it, I think this is such a good premise for a TV show because there's so much you can mine with it. Like sometimes you see a sitcom, and you think, how could they do a thousand episodes of that sitcom? And, you know, it's CBS. So they will. <laughs> but but with this you really can so anyway that's what struck me i don't know if anybody else would like to talk a little bit about what the the secret <laughs> sauce is in ghosts but i think it's just such a very clever premise that gives you an ensemble of ghosts but also ties it into the real world so that it's not the same we aren't stuck in the droning boredom of eternity with the ghosts that they have obviously lived up mm-hmm. until now now things have gotten interesting and that's when the show starts yeah, I, I agree. It is. And I think that it's such a great premise. And if it's not executed well, it could still be a, a not great show. And I think on both sides of the pond, they do a fantastic job of interrogating the premise to such a degree that when they sort of add something new to the mythos, it's like, oh, yeah, that abs- that totally makes sense. And it all flows together really well. And the casting and the characters and they make different character choices in terms of what eras the ghosts are from um, on either side of the pond. And I, I I like the way that, you know, some of them are old enough, like that they died long enough ago that they don't know a lot of things and things need to be explained to them. And some of them are more modern. And they, the casting is, is also fantastic. These characters all really work very well together, which was really one of my favorite parts of the show because I didn't think I was going to like this show at all because I was like this is a terrible premise in terms of (laughs) the wackiness factor I was like oh this is not a thing I'm going to like but it's ghosts like it's literally ghosts it's about ghosts so I was like I will try watching it and by the end of the second episode I was basically hooked. Um, the first episode on b- in both of them is is pretty much the same, and it doesn't quite get into. It's like the the bump on the head happens, and then the seeing ghosts is is toward the end of that first episode, right. and then it's the second episode where you really actually get to see the one person can see the ghosts and the other person can't see the ghosts, and how oh, how that works out. Comedy. Um, yep. <laughs> and then each ghost has like. Most of them have their own little superpowers. And I love that idea that in in addition to being a character from a specific time um, with a specific personality type, you know, very sitcom-y, that like some of them also have things they can do, like be heard or right. in the real world or limited seen, impact or, on the real world. Yes, very limited, <laughs> very but limited. just enough so that it works in hilarious ways. So, yeah, I was I was thrilled that both versions of the show were so good. And I think if you are a fan of 
British humor, you'll probably like that one better. If you're a fan of U.S. humor, you'll probably like that one better. But they're both great. They're like both the U.S. Really side. Yeah, the U.S. one is very, it's more like, you know, the British humor is it's very tightly edited. It's very like staccato sort of in the way that it plays out. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. style is much more loosey-goosey and sort of flowy and a little bit like, I think the, the British one is silly and the U.S. one is wacky. Right. Yes. Hijinks in the American version, I think, is is something that you right. Shenanigans in the in the British version. Hijinks in the American. Yes. Yes. So uh, what I think I've what struck me is um, not only Erica's right, like the 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 shows diverge. You know, they're kind of divergent styles. But but in addition to that, what's interesting is where they're divergent, right? So in the American version, it goes for a lot of episodes, right? So, I mean, I think yeah. the this first season, first season 16 and the second 22, it's 18. Yeah. As soon as, soon yeah. as it's a hit, it's going to be the max number, right? Because it's CBS. So so in right. an ideal, mm-hmm. no, no writer strikes or anything, they're going to crank out 22 of these a year right? for as so, long yeah. as it remains profitable. And, mm-hmm. and what I was surprised by was at about the five or six episode mark at about the point where I felt like, okay, they've run the ghost joke kind of dry, right? Like they've, they, they've got to, you know, get over that hill. Uh, in the American version, I was, I was really dubious as to whether or not they would be able to figure out ways to keep it funny and keep it fresh. And they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I think what they did was, you know, they leaned very much into the characters, um, into, and, uh, and you know, more. you delve really deeply into <laughs> right. the characters and the pathos of, of all of the ghosts, uh, that are there. Um, and they've done really great jobs with that and they've added a lot of heart to this show um, in in the American version. In the British version, I feel like it's almost it's almost like the the humans that are there, the the you know, the livings in the British version came straight out of It's Always Sunny. They're kind of degenerates, but they're <laughs> well-meaning degenerates. Oh, see, I thought it was the other way around. I huh. find the British folks much kinder and the U.S. kind of mean in terms of the, the couples that live there. Huh. I, I loved Rose McIver on iZombie and I was right. so excited to see her here. And then I was like, I don't like her. She's not very nice. Uh, and, and eventually I came around, but it took me a long time to sort of, to sort of warm to her because she felt huh. like the, I don't know, the ugly American. American, a little bit. Well, yeah. So I guess, I guess, not very, very slight spoilers for. And matter of fact, no spoilers, no spoilers for the British version. the The reason that I say that is, is because there were, in the American version, they gave both of the livings careers, right? That you know, they left, they left New York, they went up to upstate New York, and they and they were they both had careers that they could lean on. And and the writers leaned on them using their 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 skills in ways to either help make the money or do things that were productive a lot earlier into the show than in the British in the British one, we have no we still have no idea um what what they they're just trying to start a hotel prior to yeah yeah, prior (laughs) to uh you know inheriting this this home and a lot of the the things that they did early in the show especially in the first season was 
trying to figure out ways to scheme extra money to right. make this place mm-hmm. better um so that they can open up this hotel that they you know that they aspired to open and that included telling some uh you know yeah, stretching right. the truth a little bit. Right, stretching the <laughs> There's truth. There's one where the the ghosts go on strike, and she and uh, right. Allison and and Mike basically have to fake ghost things right. that are completely <laughs> fraudulent, and and then they get in trouble for it. That felt very yeah. British to me, by the way. The mm. then they're going to be caught out and incredibly embarrassed by this. I was like, yes. oh yeah, this is a British sitcom. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I think I think that's where I was looking. I'm like, oh yeah, that like this is. I I love British humor because they they allow themselves that room for nuance, even on television shows. They're like, oh, okay, yeah. Like our heroes aren't going to be perfect. They're going to do things that you would think about doing. Um and they're, you know, and they're gonna come out and they're gonna they're going to be uh some, you know, bad repercussions for the things that they've done. But it, you know, it's not going to be catastrophic, and and you can still like these people, even though they they weren't, you know, the complete baby faces that uh, uh, that we'd wind up seeing on American, you know, in American shows, where you got to teach a lesson um, all the time or be virtuous all the time. Mm-hmm. I think another piece of the secret sauce is the the two worlds of the livings and the ghost have like completely separate tracks and also completely intertwined tracks. So that gives you a lot of things to explore in terms of plot and relationships. So you'll have things going on with the hotel and with Sam and Jay or Allison and Mike, and then completely different plots going on that you know, uh, Sam and Allison are the only ones who can see what's happening and sort of become that bridge between the stories. And sometimes they sync up very nicely in like plot wise and synchronistic sort of ways that feel very satisfying. And sometimes they just don't. There's just just different things happening and all of this going on at the same time that creates a certain amount of chaos and like keeps you engaged all in like a very short time frame. Because I do enjoy watching things that are like, you know, 20, 30 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just find it gives the, the stories a lot of energy. So when you say, especially in the US, when there's like, you know, already been 30 some episodes. 41. Uh, I'm, yeah, right, I'm right. like, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, I'm like ready for the next one. I'm kind of sad the British one's over because I would have watched like multiple more seasons of what's happening in that house too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like upstairs, downstairs, but it's this world, that world. <laughs> yeah, the A yeah. plot and the B plot don't necessarily intersect other than through the one person who can see both sides, which is part right. of the yeah. the brilliance of it. I mean, it, um, I one of the really cleverly done ways that the show is built, both versions of the show, is the hard cuts between the ghosts being there and not being there. Yes. So yeah. As an I audience, you can, you can, it is just instant comedy to have like all the ghosts are doing things and it's really driving the one character who can see the ghosts crazy. And then you <laughs> cut and it's just her and maybe her husband and uh, it's silent. And it's very funny because then you get the, the other perspective of like, this person is reacting to nothing, right? We, we know we know the ghosts are there, but then you do the cut and it's done so well. I think one of the reasons uh, that I really warmed to the, the American version, which I saw first, is there is a moment where I think maybe most of us felt this, which is it's a sitcom. 
It's a sitcom premise. And I, you know, I said this at the very beginning, sometimes you get the sitcom premise and you're like, okay, what can they do with this? Right? Like it's going to be, they're going to be new jokes, but like the premise of friends doesn't change a lot. Right. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, there are different, there's some different situations, but the jokes are, you know, it's fine. But this show, it struck me somewhere in the first season, I think of, of the U S version of ghosts that it started to remind me more of something like the podcast, hello from the magic tavern, Mm. which is an improv podcast, but basically it's a fantasy podcast. And when they improv a fact about how the magical world works, it's canon. And from that point on, you're like, oh, well, this is a rule now. And one of the things that I've really appreciated about watching ghosts, especially the American version is they very carefully, I think, drop in, not just for comedic effect, but for like show structure effect, new rules as they go and it's great because you're like okay i know what the show's gonna be for the next thousand episodes on cbs it's fine and then in episode 12 they'll be like oh did you know about this thing that happens with ghosts and you're like what (laughs) and then everything is a little bit different and it's so clever and that's because it's a genre show right they they are not dealing with the rules of our human world our real world instead it's the supernatural world where they can make up whatever rules make the show interesting and they do and i just i really appreciate that about it that that just when you think you might be a little complacent they'll introduce a new character or there'll be a new thing that ghosts can do or that can happen to ghosts or that happened in the past and then off you go i think it's just i think it's very clever let me take a little break to tell you about our sponsor this episode of the incomparable is brought to you by porkbun.com and you're saying to yourself What kind of name is that? What's going on there? Who in the world is porkbun.com? They are not going to send you a pork bun. Pork bun was named the number one domain name registrar by USA Today. And honestly, it's easy to see why they offer hundreds of domain extensions at low prices. There's powerful web hosting options and personalized support. 365 days a year. That's all the days. They've got a domain extension that's perfect for anything you're into. Of course, they have .com domains. Who doesn't? But they've also got .quest, .gg, .blog, .games, and so many more. They got it all. Plus, every domain name from Porkbun comes with a ton of freebies like SSL certificates, who is privacy, URL forwarding, web and email hosting trials, and so much more because the people at Pork Bun don't believe you should have to pay for things that should be free. Right now, listeners of The Incomparable can get $1 off their next domain name from porkbun.com when they click the link in our description. Go to porkbun.com and use code THEINCOMPARABLE24 at checkout. Grab the domain name you want and start sharing what you're passionate about. Porkbun.com, code the incomparable 24 or just click the link in the description. Thank you to pork bun for supporting the incomparable. Often those rules are against trope or against type yeah. and unexpected, yeah. right? So the older, the long, the more thousands of years, the character has been in, been around, the more savvy, the more hip, the more knowledgeable they are. So they're always, I think going against type and trope, which is part of how they make everything so interesting and, um, keep everything really fresh and alive and energetic. And one of the reasons I really love that the 
that they did a U.S. version of this is because of the more episodes, because it gives them more space to to investigate more of those little changes and those little things. Um, so, for example, uh, you find out in the first episode of of first or second episode, of both of them, that uh, the the wife can see ghosts everywhere. Like it's not yes. just at the house. There's also like a ghost doctor. Um, and in the U.S. version, they open up the plot a little bit so that they they actually go other places to specifically find other ghosts and talk to other ghosts for plot reasons that are usually related to the ghosts that are back at the house. <laughs> right. um, and so that's another way to sort of broaden the universe and like, you know, see what are ghosts like at a diner or a strip club or, you know, right. something like that. So you can or a ghost who died in the car and has to stay with the car. That's right. Right. Yeah. Things, right? yeah. the car yeah. A car exactly. ghost. One of our characters <laughs> In the U.S. version, Sass, his uh, his uh, b- uh, unrequited love, I think, is right. at a different location in town. Um, but right. she just at the, at, the newspaper factory. Yeah, or something but she like can't that. just show up at the newspaper office and talk into the air, right? And yet, uh-huh. that is the thing that they want. They want to, you know, communicate using her as a an intermediary. But yeah, the car ghost is such a clever idea she's trapped in the car and then and there is a, a whole plot about reconciling with uh, a dead a dead relative by going to the place that they are haunting um, you get the whole premise change about how they can actually when their need is fulfilled they are sucked off hilarious uh, <laughs> to heaven and then there's also like and, and then and then can go to hell or be called back from hell there's some like details there about that that allows for a little more dynamic kind of uh things in the ghost world like it's just it's super clever um and and then like again as a, a fan of genre fiction i look at that and i'm like see that's why it's so rich is that by introducing a world where the rules are undetermined you the storyteller can make them up in ways that make your story better and ghost does that right like they don't they're like no 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 the rules are fixed it's like nope if they want to make a new rule they just make a new rule but then they have to follow it which they do and uh yeah so in the british version there's a subplot where um mike and allison are uh, about to get a windfall. So they're looking for a new place to live, um, which oh, is a call so back to the, to, the, to the pilot where they're looking for uh, a flat and they're using the same real estate agent. And, uh, and at one point they, they wind up going to the penthouse and then there are two ghosts sitting on a ledge or no, there were pilots, I guess. They're like in the air. They're like German. And they were just, yeah, they were German who were shot down in world war two. And they're like, Hey, Hey, somebody can see us. Hey, Hey. And she's like, Nope. (laughs) Right. Not living here. They're just in the air, in the air, just sitting there in the air. And Uh, everywhere has ghosts, especially in the UK. Like uh, I think that's one thing about the difference between the U S and the UK is that the history is different. And so they have to make some different choices with the characters. But that is such a great moment in the UK. UK episode where they're like, oh, we're going to be able to get out of here. Finally, I'll have some peace and quiet. And everywhere she goes, she sees ghosts. Mm-hmm. Oh. One of the pieces I really appreciate, too, is how they use the husbands, Mike and Jay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at first, it's, you know, one, they do a really nice progression They're At first, they're really weirded out every time um, uh, the wives, Allison and um, 
Sorry. Sam. 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 Sam, thank you. Uh, start talking. And by the end, they're, well, but, uh, you know, as the seasons go on, they just start, get on their phone every time she starts talking yeah. to the air and everything. But they also continue to make these just very clever, clever ways that um, this person who lives with these ghosts and has relationships with these ghosts, who he's never seen them, right? Never right. talked to them, but they just find these just, um, it's super interesting ways. Uh, so I don't want to do spoilers, but there, you know, for instance, will um, if he has to give a message uh, from the wife, uh, and they do, I think they do this in both versions. He'll um, the ghosts know that they can hear the answering machine, so he'll call and leave a, a <laughs> message on the answering machine. And the ghosts will all run to hear what comes out on the answering machine, and the husband will be like. Uh, ghosts? Are you there? Uh, so I'm supposed to tell you. So don't so, they so don't clever. they write in the the steam on the mirror? Yes, 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 they write. Yes. They do. Yeah, oh, all the these clever shows, yeah. interactions over and over. I just think is wonderful. Um, the other thing that I think this show does it's it's actually a show I recommend to I'm I'm therapist I recommend to my clients is this show is very engaging and very entertaining but very low intensity. Despite the fact that it's dealing with death, uh, it's it's very low stakes, right? right. There's they're already Andrews dead. And, they're already dead. Right. In the British version, there is a guy who walks around with his head chopped off, but even those visuals are right. not particularly gross. Like there's not a lot of blood and guts. And there is one in the U.S. version as well, but he disappears after like the first episode. Right. Doesn't come back. For yeah, a while. that's right. That's Down right. In the, in the woods. So it's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just very low stakes, right? right? There's your heart's not going to get pounding. You're not going to be at the edge of your seat. No, the only, but you're also the, very. The only engaged. stakes really is: are the couple going to be able to make it work with this thing they've inherited? But that's it. Mm -hmm. right. that's and is really somebody going to think but, that Allison slash Sam is totally insane? It's totally like, nuts. Those yeah. are, <laughs> right. Right. That's it. If they catch her talking to ghosts, right. so I tend to kind of say, well, you know, some really good TV you might enjoy. I, I recommend Bake Off and Ghosts, either version, right? <laughs> you know, yep. where it's like, well, yeah. you know, the biggest thing is they're going to throw away their ice cream cake because they got too upset well, and get kicked off the show. The it, UK yeah. version, at least at the beginning, there is some attempt to make it be scary in right. the sense like the music and there are some shot, some jump scare kind of things where she doesn't expect, Allison doesn't expect there to be ghosts. And then there's a ghost and then they play against that where that you expect there to be a ghost and there isn't a ghost. Uh, but I, I think both shows very quickly are like, yeah, nah, <laughs> like they just live mm -hmm. there. It's, it's funnier that it, they're mundane, that the ghosts are mundane. Right. They're just people who have annoying things about them. They're trapped in whatever, uh, you know, clothes they wore when they or weren't wearing when they die, and <laughs> and they're sort of like locked in eternity, which is fascinating, right? From a another show dynamic that you've got people who have been there for, in some cases, a very long time, but they are also products of their era and kind of trapped, and and so seeing them interact with our characters who are in the present day is fascinating because there's a suggestion that maybe it's allowing them to grow and progress in a way where they were static before they might be able to finally reach the point where they can move on to whatever or get sucked off to whatever the next level is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, 
and I, I think it's a really, so you get to have it both ways where they're like, for example, like you'll be a character um, in the British version. There's the MP he's from the nineties. So he's like, got, Oh, the oh cell phones and all that. But his vision of them is very different from the modern day, right. but it's more up to date than uh, somebody from the Victorian era. And so you end up with that, but then you also get this thing where they're playing movies and TV shows for them because they love it right now that they can request TV shows and they just watch TV shows, you're babysitting the ghosts. It's just such a great combination. Yeah. It's interesting too. Like the, the concept of like hell is other people and these poor souls who have not moved on. Like at the beginning, they have been trapped together. They like, I rewatched the first episode of the U S version yesterday and it was like they, the characters, didn't even really know each other all that well on a super personal level. So it really gave me that, like, you know, this must be purgatory for them. They're just trapped here and they don't care about the rest of these people. But then when they have, you know, the, the, the spanner in the works, the throne or the wrench, if you're in the U S (laughs) version, um, then you get a person who can actually a living who can interact with them. And that brings them together in really interesting ways. So Jason, like you said, you get new, uh, new ways that the the rules work, but you also get these characters discovering new things about each other. Uh, Each other. And that's, and that's fine because they didn't actually talk to each other in this way and interact with each other in this way because there was no reason for them to they didn't have any one thing to rally around and now they do and it you know you could find yourself thinking well they've been you know there for you know decades or hundreds of years how do they not know this about each other well it's because they never had anybody no, to pull them together they've been repeating in their loop and doing yep. you know essentially the same that, that's the implication they don't really say it but like clearly mm-hmm. they just do they know something about each other but not much and they just are kind of like being who they're being and doing who they're doing and it really is the mm-hmm fact that the the modern living person can see them that sort of like sets everything off and oh, that helps right because it's a show and if she saw them and they're like oh yeah we worked out all our stuff hundreds of years ago there wouldn't <laughs> uh-huh. be a show right. but because they're ghosts i kind of buy it right like they're they're kind of on totally. autopilot until the living world intervenes at which point things get really interesting because now their lives are all kind of shaken up and also they can learn about the internet and, uh, and watch tv shows and stuff and <laughs> And, and that changes who they are, too. I just want to say that I really appreciate um, the Pat slash Pete character. Um, mm. He is the troop leader who winds up with an arrow through his neck. Yeah. Um, Such and, a comedy gag. Yes. So <laughs> so the in in both versions, they they kind of go through the like um you know, I, I don't even know, like the Rube Goldberg machine that is the death throes of of that character. Um, in in the British version, it's hysterical. Um, oh man, it, 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 they really do a great <laughs> job. But but not only is that character very funny, but I think it's also very earnest. And I want to say that uh, that character's arc in both shows, but but specifically on the American show where they've had much more time to kind of flesh it out and, and um, play play with his story, um, has been the character that has made me like f- really like physically cry. 
mm. um, uh, just because his story is so touching and he is so earnest and and um, the the way that he's behaving and the things that have happened and the way that he grows is is so believable that uh, it it really does. I'm I'm shocked at how poignant and and how effective um, the emotional pull is on on that character and the show itself. Well, his family is still alive, right? So that's right. where a lot of that mm-hmm. poignancy comes from. Is his his wife is still alive? His kids have grown up, and and got the, a grandkid. The, yeah, the more modern characters have this. They're they're locked in in place, right? Like when he sees his wife, because they come to where he died uh, on the anniversary of his death. But she's an old lady now, right? He's still young because he died in the eighties and hasn't changed since then. But, and you see that and the, the MP uh, Julian in the uh, British version, similarly, he discovers that his uh, daughter has grown up and, and that's very touching, right? Because he's a egomaniac who never spent any time with his family and, uh, and suddenly actually feels some regret about that, which took him long enough. Um, (laughs) but also discovers that his daughter is now an MP as well for this green party. He doesn't know what that's about, but, uh, whatever. (laughs) Uh, it's, and it can be very touching for those. And, and you do find also sort of distant, like in the American version, there is this brilliant kind of like spooling out plot about how Alberta, the, uh, the singer from, uh, speakeasy era and like she was murdered. And so there's this kind of like, uh, who killed her and you know, was it somebody she knew or was in a relationship with or a relative and that kind of goes on. Uh, and that it's a similar thing, but, but it's a little more removed because it's, it's so far after the fact versus just seeing your loved ones and they're still alive and you're not cause you're a ghost now. It's I, remarkable. I want to add to that because uh, I think the thing you get to see with that story about Alberta and some of the other plots is that, they, they can't find out anything more when they're stuck in the spot without someone who they can talk to and communicate with the outside world. Right. So they can't investigate what happened to her. And then slowly we also learn other things about other people and how they died and what happened with their life. And so it's sort of and I think the U.S. version has more time to do this right. and they've done this more. But uh, with like Alberta. The other fun thing is you have this person who is like an expert, a historian on Alberta comes and you have this great (laughs) contrast for the uh, this is what the world is saying about you. But this is what her experience is. And you can have those two things playing off each other in a really funny and also touching way. And so as her story is revealed, um, Sam has an opportunity. Yeah, (laughs) on a podcast. And Sam has the opportunity to correct the record for her and sort of tell her story in a way that no one could if you weren't talking to the ghost of Alberta Haynes, Mm -hmm. but you can't say that you're talking to her. So it creates like such good dramatic tension and then allowing for a richer storytelling from both the perception of how we see history and how person who a person who lived the history is gonna see it. Well, and along those lines, we've got Captain Isaac Higgintoot, right, mm-hmm. in the U.S. version. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> oh, and what's his name in the U.K. version? It's a joke um, that you don't know until much, 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 much later. Yeah, he's just called the captain. Every he's time captain. somebody's about to say his name, they cut the away. Captain. So that he's oh, just the captain. Oh, that's right. That's why yeah, I yep. don't know his name. Uh, he's yeah. the captain. Okay. There we go. The captain. Anyway, um, 
These are, is this a spoiler? No, if it's, I say they're it's okay. I, I, I don't it's want, okay. I don't want to okay. like give away like major things that happen, like the end okay. of the British version, but we can talk about it. Yeah. 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 Okay. These are both closeted um, gay men. Gay men, which I think particularly in the U S version that I don't know that those, that they ever would have come to under, you know, really been able to explore that piece of themselves if it hadn't been for um, being able to be seen in this exactly this interaction that you guys are talking about. But in the American version, he gets to have a, you know, a romance with the, the British soldier that was killed at the shed by down him. the you know, on the property, <laughs> him, right? Yeah. And they get to have this whole relationship. That's one of those so plot this, twists, right? Which is like, oh, didn't yeah, you know right. that the, there are British soldiers out there on the, in this other building? And you're like, what? No, okay. What? Um, and so we get to have the whole, you know, Revolutionary War, right? Reenacted essentially um, between these two, but another way that they get to, um, they that's another way that we get to see this growth and development of their personalities and and their life path um, because of the modern influence. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, one of the things that uh, Cicero you mentioned earlier when we were talking about just the U.S. style versus the the uh, U.K. style, you mentioned. Like the American sort of virtue, you can't have a, a totally bad guy, and that is something that I noticed too in the characters of of Julian versus Trevor. You have a a, a besuited fellow with no pants, right? With uh, no in pants. both versions, and Julian both is versions, yeah. yeah, Julian is the British MP who th- th- he had a heart attack while he was stripping his secretary right. at a mm-hmm. like an, a work party, and he's very very just like unapologetically kind of a, a not not a very virtuous guy no he's uh he in the very first episode the the way that the wife gets knocked on the head is he pushes her out a window right. whereas in the u.s yes. version she just she, she trips on a vase and falls down the stairs so like you get that right there it's it's a lot uh po- pointier in the in the the british version because he's just not a nice guy even though he does discover like you said jason about his his daughter and he sort of he he softens a bit and it's nice to see but then in the u.s version you have he's sort of trevor's sort of like the uh frat bro kind of dude bro He's a, yeah, totally. he's a stockbroker, frat yep. boy, mm-hmm. yeah. finance guy. And you think, like, you just assume that it's the same reason that he has no pants on because he was getting it on with some hot chick uh, that probably looks like Tara Reid because he has such a thing for Tara Reid. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and then, no, it turns out... the year 2000. Yeah, I get <laughs> yeah. it. Okay. It, it, but it turns out he actually has this completely different backstory than you than you expect right. based on his demeanor mm-hmm. and he's just like really kind of a softy and a very nice guy and most times just chooses to do the right thing even though he does it in the most broy fashion possible right. so it's like it, that that is to me is the 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 biggest delineation between the UK version and the US version sure. like right there in those two characters but yeah. uh, he's a, I he's like a them victim both, but... of uh, to- toxic masculinity who's trying to get mm-hmm. I mean that that's part of the theme of both of these is that once they're interacting yes. with our modern world there are a lot of assumptions that are made like uh, uh you know captain isaac uh being able to accept and express that he's gay uh it is about uh trevor being um opening up a little bit and not necessarily having to be as much of a bro um mm-hmm. and it's also hetty the uh great performance rebecca wisaki uh, uh yes. like she's super uptight uh, as a lady of the manor that same character is a kitty in the British version, right. and in the UK, in the US version, like Hetty also like Fanny. gets She's- to be a little like take advantage of being more modern as time goes on, and it's all just about them 
like adapting to and accepting the modern world uh, has moved on and they can like let go of some of their hangups, which they have not ever been able to let go of. Hetty, Hetty learns about the washing machine. She does. It, it vibrates. <laughs> yes, she does. If you get my meaning, it vibrates. I wanted to mention, we talk about casting. I think shows also live and die by their casting and that these yep. shows are both well cast. Yes. Um, but I wanted to mention the weird thing about watching the UK version when I did is um, many of the people on these sh- on that show were Taskmaster contestants. Really? Um, <laughs> and uh, especially Charlotte Ritchie, who is a very funny as the as Allison the, the 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 female lead of the show? She was a Taskmaster contestant, and Kyle Smith Bino, one of my very favorite Taskmaster contestants, is huh. Mike. And then and then in the cast, uh, Katie Wicks, who is the uh, the witch trial victim, who if you walk through her, everything smells like it's burning. Um, mm-hmm. She's also a Taskmaster contestant. I think there's at least one other Taskmaster contestant in the show. Anyway, uh, so I've seen these people before, but honestly, having seen them on Taskmaster before seeing them in Ghosts, it was like I was rooting for them. It's like, oh, you got a show. Do it good. Oh, you're doing it good. <laughs> good job, Kyle Smith Bino, who, like, again, hilarious on Taskmaster. And also, he's great as Mike. He's, uh, uh, it's just, it's fun to see people I'd already seen on a game show and now they're on a, on a real show. But I think that, uh, both of these, and then ironically, uh, Utkarsh Embukar, who is, uh, Jay on the US version, has since been on Celebrity Jeopardy. So it went the other way. Oh, wow. So they like, they're coming and going. They're on game shows and then they're on shows. And like, I don't even know what's going on. But, um, I just wanted to put that in. I love, uh, Charlotte Ritchie and Kyle Smith Bino, especially. I think they're really, really great in the UK version of Ghosts. Yeah, I love them. I also love J- uh, Ben Willibond as the as the captain, and I just I, oh, I we watched the, we watched the thick of it on repeat in this household over and over again. And he is in one season of that show as a very different character mm. from the captain, a very sweary character. And uh, and yeah, it's just like these these actors are like they're so good at what they do, and it's it's fun to see them doing other things. So I feel like. I kind of in both versions want to just seek out stuff that all of these actors are doing elsewhere because I just think every one of them is excellent, except for the headless guy in the U.S. version who you never see. (laughs) He's off in the woods. (laughs) This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of the Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Uh, can we talk about Flower for a minute? Because my sure. um, she's one of my favorite ghosts, and particularly her her thing, her shtick is one of my favorite sticks. She's which a hippie. Is with <laughs> yeah, Flower's a hippie that apparently was killed by a bear. A bear, yeah, um, mm-hmm. a bear when she was high. So yes. when Flower walks through you, you get high. Yes. So <laughs> and she's permanently was, high because she died high. And, right. Yes. Died high. So 
to use, I think, to great effect in, in the ghost plots and occasionally in Allison's plots um, at times. And I just think Flower is really fun. Um, but I also, I don't know if the writers mean to do this, uh, to be a little serious, but I think Flower is also used a little bit to talk about trauma because Flower mm-hmm. can be quite high and Flower can also come into reality when she needs to. Yes. And I think Flower mm-hmm. often chooses to be high so that she... <laughs> Doesn't have to know what's going on around her and doesn't have to know that she's not dead but not in heaven and doesn't have to remember she was killed by a bear. And so I think Flower's got a lot more to her than she gets credit for. It's strongly implied that Flower, when we meet her, we think, oh, she's just permanently high and she's a hippie. I think as the show goes on, it's strongly implied that at least to a certain degree, it is her choice to retreat into that to avoid Right. complications and connections with other she people. Is, she right? is very much in on the joke. Yeah. Yep. And she, yeah. she, her background is like, there's, there's some actual trauma there that's right. not related to the bear. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Good point. So one of my favorite characters on the uh, American version is Thor, a Viking <laughs> Ugh, who Thor, has, who God. has wandered in from Norway and got left behind. And we, we find <laughs> later that his son Bjorn is actually nearby and he can see him like in the window of the house uh, across the way, which is also kind of hilarious. You got to get the right angle. Um, he can make uh, electrical things flicker, but he is, it, you know, the, it, it's very broad, but I also like that he is also trying to improve as a human being and get over some of his more aggressive Vikingness. And I, I like him a lot and he's sort of uh romantically paired with flower in ways that are frustrating and, and also funny. So I like Thor. What I didn't expect when I watched the UK version is how much I love Robin. Yes. The caveman (laughs) who is the Mm. equivalent of Thor who has seen everything like Thor has been there. Well, well, Thor and sass who is an, uh, uh, an indigenous person is, is, is a a Lenape Lenape. uh, Mm. native American. Um, also has been there a very long time. But He's 500 in, years old. In, in the, and Thor is like a thousand. A thousand, yeah. But in the UK version, you've got a caveman, a, like literally mm-hmm. a caveman, Robin. And uh, I love him so much. I love that he <laughs> worships the moon. I love that when it dis- they discover that people landed on the moon, he's like, what? Right. <laughs> and then goes down How a YouTube rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. Yes. Uh, just a... And and the the point about Robin too is Robin they play it as like he doesn't speak English very well because he comes from a time before there was even like understandable language, but uh, also has been a lot or not alive has been a ghost for so long now that he's actually wise in his way. I I don't know. I just I love that character a lot. I like Thor. Thor is hilarious, but Robin is also. All, is a lot like Thor in some ways, but less aggressive and more sweet. And I just think both of those characters are great, and uh, that their counterparts of each other is is just fine. Because Rob, both, Robin is is fun. more impish, right? Uh, yes. where where he will hide in the refrigerator yes, to scare people. Exactly, like he <laughs> he is very deliberate about the things that he does. Um, the the one confusing portion of or or the the thing that that was constantly making my mind churn watching the british version was i don't know if it's a, an an intentional obfuscation or if it's just because i don't know 
um, you know, British history as well as, you know, as I do American history, it is so difficult to place the time periods of where people uh. are in the show. Robin is easy. Yeah, I think that's a thing that if you were in the UK, you'd probably know it a little better. The thing I, bef- before we move on from Robin to the other the other time periods, I just want to say that he is my favorite character on both of the shows, <laughs> and I think it's interesting how some of the characters have very direct analogs, and some of them are sort of like. Tw- twisted and turned i actually think robin in some ways yes yeah he's obviously the thor's ish character but in some ways he's the flowerish character when uh, you're thinking about mm-hmm. how she leans into being high all the time robin has been there for like eight thousand years and has seen so many ghosts come and go and you know yeah he doesn't speak english well but boy his french is very fluent <laughs> and he is and he is Sometimes he's just like the impish caveman and he has a friend, of a mouse family that he says hi to on the stairs and he likes to watch ants or whatever. But sometimes he's incredibly wise and sometimes he's rattling off the Pythagorean theorem and sometimes he is like chasing rabbits through the forest. And I think that it's a in the same way that Flower is sort of leaning into what she needs to to be able to sort of get through this. Robin is leaning into whichever part of his personality best serves him to be able to continue living or not living, right. unliving yes. through all of this. Right. Existing through through it all. Right. He calls the dogs. He does. He does it all. He well, does those, it all. Those powers too, right? He can talk to animals. There's everybody's he can also make lights flicker. The, um, the, the lady of the house uh, appears in photographs, right? That's the thing we discover. Like everybody's got... Uh, something like that, isn't it? Uh, is it Alberta who ends up? Uh, she can talk to Alexa, <laughs> right? Yes. right. <laughs> what a great yeah. idea! Like it's ev- like every time you think, I wonder how this would work, or why haven't the characters tried this yet? Eventually, they do. They do. They do. It's very clever. I also enjoy sort of the ghost choir in the basement of both houses. Yes. Uh, the cholera vic- <sighs> victims and the plague victims. Yes. And I think it's a wise choice to have them in the basement and not trying to have them as regular characters. Right that are there all the time but it's like every once in a while they come in really useful and you go down or you bring one of them up and it's just sort of this interesting sort of use of a collection of of characters that for whatever reason they just stay in the basement right. all the also, time also one of the big reasons they stay in the basement in the british version is that the that they're played by the same actors yes. as the ghosts yes. who are upstairs <laughs> uh, because yes. it's just a it's a bit but yeah that's it, it is and in the us version they did the thing where they've got the the one that comes up and is like i'm going to stay up here now and then she's up there for a while and she's really annoying and they finally get rid of her uh in the us version they also have the uh the uh basically college student who sleeps in the attic and wakes up every once a year or something like that. Like they're, yeah, they, a high school student who died on the oh, way to prom student. because of a, a, a chainsaw murder. At the prom. Yeah. That's it. So, but <laughs> yeah. again, it's that thing where they can expand the world, but having the people down in the basement, it can be funny. And, and then the soldiers out in the outbuilding is a similar thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where they can expand. Mm-hmm. That was what I was sort of saying about like, you can expand this world if you want to, but then you do have to deal with the consequences. But it's it's very funny. And it's played for laughs, like initially in the UK version, because uh, Mike goes down there and... and <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are ghosts. There are so many ghosts down there that we didn't even know were down there. But then, the, but then the, again, the show does the turn where some of those ghosts know how the heater works, right. how the furnace works, mm-hmm. and he's going to blow up the the house basically. But when Allison is down there, she can relay his instructions, and that's the thing that I think convinces Mike 
that they're real is that and she's Jake. able yeah. to tell him exactly the right process <laughs> to get the heater on and off. That that, um, that joke great. played well in both versions. They did yep. they did the yep. same same yeah, joke in, right. in both versions. So yeah, it was it was really well oh. done. Sometimes I do find like not having watched it for a little while, I'm like, did that happen? Right, right. <laughs> because there's so yeah. many you could they can play out and they're they're the same, but they're not the same. And um I really appreciate how each of them are an interpretation of a different culture. And a few like I think last week Erica and our local friends here were sort of joking about what would the cast of a Canadian ghost show be? <laughs> Which oh. entertained us for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's different from both of them. Wow. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Another I mean, version. You got a Brit. You got a British. The Heather was saying that she recommends Bake Off and Ghosts. There's a U.S. and a U.K. version of Bake Off. There's also a Canadian version. So now mm-hmm. we need our Canadian ghosts. Oh, it's true. Well, there you go. There you it go. is. I think it's to CBS's credit that they. Um, like almost immediately when the British show came out, they're like, that is a great premise. <laughs> we mm-hmm. would like that. And it's borne out because it's a, it's a huge hit. <laughs> like it's a really highly rated TV show. Um, and, and was very rapidly, which is, uh, uh kind of funny. So, and again, they're so respectful of the original show. Yeah. Like they, the, the mm-hmm. creators have such good things to say. And then they even took uh, the actor who plays Thomas, the poet in the UK version and had him come over and do a, 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 a spot uh, basically playing um, the, the Scoutmaster character in. Right. Uh, in like a, a TV. Yes. Yeah. Do, like a documentary on p- dumb deaths right. because there were a lot of <laughs> dumb deaths near this house. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. See? Yep. Which is just, yeah, that was delightful. I, I think I read that they had originally thought about asking the actor who actually plays Pat in the UK version if he wanted to come and do the, the Pete. And they were like, he's like, no, that's that's too much. That's too close. So they two ended on the up nose, getting, two yeah. On the nose, yeah. So they got the, the guy that plays Thomas instead, which ended up being great. For 2022 Comic-Con, they had a, a pretty big offsite um, for ghosts. And they had a whole setup that was like outdoor camp. Uh, where you could go and you could do archery and you you had fortune telling and you had um, several things where you got to collect badges. And then depending on how many badges you collected, you got to have uh, prizes like scarves and keychains and they gave away arrows that you put around your neck. Um, <laughs> it was very funny. And then they had a screening and we were hoping we would get a preview of the next season, but all we got was um, time before. But it was just at sunset and they gave away s'mores and um, popcorn and um, it was really, it was really great offsite. And I believe, which has no basis in any actual knowledge, but I believe that the offsites that the production companies and the outlets are willing to put on have something to do with someone's spirit and someone's personality somewhere. Uh, and uh, it was a great, really fun, really generous offsite. And it matched the show very well. So I believe that all the way through this show is a lot of fun. I haven't read anything about what it's like to be on set, but um, I believe that it's probably just a hoot. And what we see in the front of the camera is probably what's mm. happening behind the camera too. It was one of my favorite offsites that I've been to. Yeah. Nice. Well, I think what we, you know, most of all, I hope that the impression we've given thus far in this podcast is that if you're a fan of, especially I think sort of like genre fiction, fantasy kind of stuff, 
um, you know, light, light horror, horror fantasy. I don't know. It, it is just, it is a, a, a rare show. Like the good place was kind of like this. I think that might've been the last sitcom we talked about. And there is a, there is a connection because Brandon Scott Jones, who is Isaac, um, was in the good place in the last couple of seasons. Um, it, it, it is like that in the sense that it is taking a sitcom uh, format, but using a premise that allows for, you know, rules that are not the kind of regular mundane rules of the world. And I think that that's one of its great, uh, great advantages. I love that it has reached an audience. Now the, um, the, like I said, it's going to go on f- until, they can't pay the actors anymore. So a million <laughs> years because it's CBS, but um, the UK version ended, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very like e. them, right? Like typical mm-hmm. uh, British yep. people to do short seasons and then just say, we're done after 34 episodes. Um, uh, if, if you don't want to know how it ends, you can, you know, you should hide your ears at this point. But I know that, um, I know that uh, Heather at least had some, had a story about the, the ending of, of the UK goes, I was spoiled. I looked on the Wikipedia page, so I know how it ends. It's fine. It's a sitcom. It doesn't really matter to me, but if it does matter, you can hide your ears now. But Heather, do you want to talk about how it ends? Yeah. So, uh, it ends with a Christmas, with a Christmas special, which is not usually how British, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not I, even with the Brits. It's not how I think of ending an entire after five seasons of a series. And I, it's somewhere in my brain. I knew it was ending, but not enough of my brain knew it was ending. And it was, I don't know, January twelfth, and I thought, oh, sh- I need to watch this because, you know, um, it's already January twelfth. I will be out of the holiday season if I don't watch this soon. I had not watched any of the season five at all. And I thought, oh, well, it won't matter. What does it matter? I'll just watch it. It'll be fine. And then I'll go back and catch up. Oh, guys, not only was it the season ending, but oh my gosh, like all the things happened. I watch and she comes home with a baby. What? (laughs) (laughs) It ends with the the series ends and they sell the thing. I thought worst choice ever to skip. Oh, no. I mean, I've never had a worst Mm -hmm. choice to skip. Believe the, I believe then this time from what I've yeah. read is the way it ends is that they do they do basically uh, sell the the house sell the hotel but mm-hmm. they come back to visit the ghosts they do mm-hmm. and I have to say sweet. it's quite beautiful it is a really moving beautifully done it's subtle it's sweet it is a perfect end. <laughs> I know Annette and I both watched it today um, Mm -hmm. and it uh, it felt very British to me. And well, first of all, the British version has Christmas specials every year because that's a very British thing to do. And and like you said, Jason, ending a show, definitely a British thing Mm -hmm. as well. But they also did the British thing where, yes, they ended it, but they left it open ended enough that you could they could come back for Christmas specials literally every year if they They wanted to. So I feel like that was a, a nice sort of like I. It was beautifully done. I, I didn't want it to end that way. But the fact that they left it open for hijinks at Christmas um, at least was a bit of a salve. And I do have to say that, uh, you know, season five leads up to that episode very well. So if you mm-hmm. are watching in order, it doesn't maybe feel like quite such a shock. You're like, OK, this all makes sense. <laughs> it does. I think they also left it open for uh, a great spinoff. There's a, there is a whole <laughs> new show waiting right there if they want to run it. I like the yeah, idea that you could you, you could have them. They they you know that Mike 
and Allison take their regular suite for Christmas at the hotel and every year hijinks ensue and it's a Christmas mm-hmm. special because they that's the yep. other thing about British shows they end but also then they end and then eight years later they come back and do a Christmas special right. <laughs> that's a thing they do yeah well, well and, and Ghost Hotel right is sitting right there if they want to yes. do it Ghost Hotel sure and I think like the ending like yes they sell the hotel but they do it in a way I don't want to give necessarily everything away but they do it in a way with so much heart and so much character base that you couldn't get without having all of the character arc of the last five seasons and i was watching it and totally crying and same too and like oh this is so beautiful Mm. i love it um so like yeah it's not necessarily i want them to sell the hotel but they do it for the best of reasons um and yeah, it just makes you have all of the feels and just mm-hmm. in a way that feels really completed and like a nice bow on the whole s- series. Well, I look yeah, forward to the um, the U.S. ghost finale in 2030. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like wondering if they'll do the same thing or not. They might. They might. I mean, they've done a lot of the other same things, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it's true. It is funny. Um, also, if you're confused about this, because of the writer's strike. So first off, all the Ghost UK episodes up until the, the next, I guess, the next to last season were on Max, but then they went off. And the reason they went off is CBS, because of the writer's strike, was like, we don't have anything to show on our on our airwaves. So they showed the UK version of ghosts on CBS, which is, oh, wow. I would say super clever of them, yeah. but I think they only showed the first two seasons. That's all that's available on Paramount plus. And it is funny. They took the Christmas special and showed it at Christmas time. So that season two actually was like, they showed like one or two episodes, then the Christmas special and then the rest <laughs> of season two, which is fine. Cause you don't, yeah. there's not really a lot of order and, and an arc that's going on. And they have a, they have a Christmas episode and they're airing at Christmas time. Why, why not do that? But I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to wait and like maybe show them in the summer or something when the other show is off or what, but Americans right now, I think can only watch the first two seasons of the UK version, plus all 9,000 episodes from the first two years of the American version. Right. In Canada, Paramount plus has all all five seasons and the end. So does, um, we have it freely available on our CBC gem app, which is where nice. I got it for free and they advertised the crap out of it when it first yep. came out. So I started watching the UK version immediately mm. because it was just like, obviously, ghost everything. I'm going to sure. love this. So I was on board in seconds and yeah, loved it. Yeah. And I can't, you know, uh, but re- help but recommend both. Like, I think I think they're both <laughs> different uh, in interesting ways, but also both very good. And having come from the CBS version where I was just like, okay, well, let's just see. And Lauren had watched the UK version and we watched the CBS version together. And I'm like, this, this is a really good show, right? Like there are not very many traditional sitcoms that I watch anymore. I'm like, no, this is actually good. And then watching the UK version, I'm like, oh, like, yeah, it's different, Mm -hmm. but also, and very British, but also really good. So, um, Unless you really like, if you, you really bounce off of British humor, you might not like the British version. That's okay, they and made... if you really don't like, if you really don't like uh, American CBS style sitcoms, sitcom, sure, yeah. Like I, I watch, I watch the UK version with Stephen, and I watch the CBS version by myself <laughs> because he tried and, and he just couldn't do it. That's fine. I think they're both very good yes. representatives yes. of what they are. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, you'll get ninety thousand episodes of the American one. 
and it'll mm-hmm. be a little more. What did we say that it's a little more zany? Yeah, low. Yeah, wacky, wacky, a little more wacky. It's wacky, and the other one's silly. Yes. And the other one we is have the wacky versus silly. silly. What have we not talked about about uh, the various ghosts uh, that we should talk about before we wrap it up? Anything? Well, I, I've, well, I actually, I haven't, I haven't had the chance to watch the the later seasons of the British uh, version, so I don't know if they've explored the world i know jason we you know we, we kind of talked about that um but the fact that we get um several interactions with uh sam and jay's neighbor who is um mm-hmm. formerly or forever known as cousin larry um totally and <laughs> i was so excited yes, it, <laughs> but like you know so bjorn thor thor's son lives thor's there son. But but also a whole other host of ghosts live there. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. like so every time they go over to that house, there are so many different uh, characters that we get to interact with, and th- and some are they're almost like NPCs in video games where we see them, we don't interact with them at all, but we take note take stock that they're there and we know that at some point we probably will wind up talking to them or learning their story or there'll be some kind of subplot. Um, the, the other thing kind of anecdotally that is, is uh, funny to me or interesting to me is just how many people have died in these locations over the years <laughs> that have had lives that were unfulfilled enough to make a decision, right? Like all of these purgatory, um, you know, existing people, like how, how many people were there actually that died? Like what's the ratio? And I mean, since we're in spoiler territory, another bold thing that the UK version did that it took a while for the US version to do is that one of the main characters gets sucked off at some point in the Mm -hmm. season. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, they're gone. I can't believe it. And the the cliffhanger at the end of season two of the US version is Sam and Jay in the car and Sam sees the light from some ghost getting getting taken up to heaven um so I, I like that's an interesting way for a character to leave a show too like you know they were already dead so you think you're gonna have them forever but wait no if they get no. enough character development or whatever then they might be gone or they could be sent down to hell like uh, mm-hmm. that was or one of my down. favorite like sh- like i yelled out loud when that happened because i was not expecting yeah, it because in the again <laughs> in the american version there is a turns out there is a uh, a vault in the basement and it's ghost resistant <laughs> it's uh, iron i think and or lead yeah iron and, or uh, lead. yeah and hetty's uh, awful husband has been trapped inside it for all of this time and he goes to hell. He's awful. And then he comes back and is like tormenting them and then goes back to hell. Um, <laughs> also, I, I, I touched on this earlier, but I, I wanted to mention this because we didn't talk about it too much. I am fascinated by how both shows have to deal with the history of the region in which the show is set. Mm-hmm. So in, in the American version, first off, there has to be an indigenous character, right? Like there has to be. And so we have Sass. Um, we have Thor, which is funny because like Vikings in North America is like, okay, because they want to they have some other kind of deep time characters. But it is interesting. And in that because it's the US, our history isn't 
very like North American history is doesn't go back very far. So then we've got a bunch of eras, but relatively recent eras and the Mm -hmm. British version, they've got a caveman and then they've got a bunch of people from a bunch of distinct British historical periods. And I just, I was struck by that, that interesting difference that in, in some ways, the other than Robin, the Robin is deep time character. Everybody else is sort of like spread out over English history, but in the U S version, you've got Thor and Sass who have been there a very long time. And then everybody else is like from the last 120 years or whatever. It's just interesting choices. Well, the headless guy is pretty old, right? He's like been there. Right, right. There's, yeah, there's the revolutionary. So he's been over there for 200 years. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and then, but then, yeah, but then the rest of them are less than 150 years. Well, that's just, that's kind of what I was saying before. Our history is just younger. You know, like, I just don't, I don't know or recognize the time period. So, like, I don't know what period of time Kitty is from in the UK version versus the one who died in, in the witch trials. I can't remember her name, but the one who smells like smoke when you walk yes, through her. Mary. 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 Yeah, she's more like Middle Ages where, yeah, Kitty is, uh, she's Georgian, I think. Kitty's Georgian, so okay. that so, yep. is uh, 17, late 1700s. So, and then where is uh, the lady of the house? Humphrey? Uh, oh, the lady. She She's Fanny. like the great, great, so I, she's probably like 1800s? 1800s? Edwardian, yeah, she died, died in 1912. Oh, okay. 1912. Okay. okay. So late, late, you know, late 19th century. Yeah. And Humphrey was around uh, d- during yeah. the, uh, the it's just, Catholic I mean, rebellion. I think that's an interesting premise that as an American producer of this show, mm-hmm. you have to make some decisions based on American history. And they said it in New York. And they're like, all right, what can we do? And then it's like, well, that gives us revolutionary. If you said in California, honestly, you wouldn't have as many layers as you do on the East coast because there was more exploration earlier. Um, and so you can have more different layers of history that you're all kind of like sticking together. And that's not like the point of the show, but it is part of the texture of the show is you've got to have people who could plausibly have been in that area in various eras so that they can kind of bump against each other. But I just think it's a, it was an interesting set of creative decisions they had to make to build those characters out. And they're not a, they're not a one-to-one from, Mm -mm. uh, from the British show. Also, I enjoy that Sass is like, um, super modern that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he that have, he's the one who's like no this this modern era is great like <laughs> he, he's explaining to the other ghosts how stuff works uh i i think that's also a fun thing that he is I, not he again going against the kind of like expected trope you mm-hmm. would expect a uh a a long ghosted not long lived long ghosted <laughs> indigenous person a native american man to be like oh he's going to bring the wisdom and all that no he's no he likes to smell food yeah. he likes to watch he tv lies yeah. he, about yeah, trees yeah, he's he's really <laughs> messy sass yeah. is have, very yeah, messy yeah he's the drama lover Yes, he he just he lives for the drama, which is yeah. I have mixed feelings about that because I I, I like it because it subverts expectations, but also at the same time it's like yes, you have one indigenous person and they the the only episode that they really get to reflect their culture 
is him telling a lie about his right, culture. Right. Like it feels a little yeah. bit like I hope that they do a little bit more feels, with him. Yeah, it feels like there's more <laughs> layers of the onion to be peeled away there, I right? Hope so. Because mm-hmm. anytime you get one of these characters who's like, oh yeah, no, no, I'm cool and I'm with it. The way that the both of these shows work, right, is like that person's got baggage, right? <laughs> like they're, they're, they got baggage. They're a ghost. They, and it's in the premise, right? There's something keeping them here. Of they course have they not have baggage. dealt yeah. with it. So I, so when I think about how sometimes happy go lucky, uh, sasses, I think, Hmm, there, there's more, there's more to be done with him. I think I, I imagine that'll happen. Also, they'll have a thousand episodes, so they'll have to deal with it. Because... <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I, I also enjoy how in the first episode, I think of both of them where the original owner of the house is very old and she dies and they're all crowded around the bed and just waiting to see, is this person going to stay or are they going to disappear? Are they going to stay and disappear? And they briefly pause and then get sucked up. Yeah, that's right. And so they're like, oh, no. Also, very useful in that because Mm -hmm. it's funny when they get confronted with modern things. And, and that only works if you said in the premise that the person who lived there before was a very old person who was mostly isolated yes. from the world. So that when the young couple comes in, the ghosts are all like, what is like Wi-Fi, laptops? What is They've happening now? they never seen the TV. TV. Right. Yeah, TV. Like they didn't watch TV. Right. Exactly. So you got to set it up that way. So they really feel yeah. like they're out of time. It's a, it's a really cleverly established in order to get all of those kind of jokes in the mix from the beginning. Very smart. All right. Watch ghosts, everybody. <laughs> That's what yep. we're saying. Go, you know, British, American, both. Do it. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. It really I, is. I'm yeah, having... and then the new season starts uh, February 15th. Yeah, that's right. And uh, on uh, CBS. <laughs> and, and then it will continue until the 2030s. Um, <laughs> thank hope. you to, to my panel for being here to talk about various ghosts with us. We've haunted you long enough and we're going to leave now and go back to the basement or wherever we live, wherever we haunt. Uh, Cicero Holmes, thank you for being here. I turn the red valve. Thank you very much. Annette <laughs> Wirster, thank you. I'm just going to go stick my head in the fridge and go smell some cheese. Smell, smell <laughs> that cheese. Heather Berberet, thank you. Thanks. I hope to not see you hanging around the house in the next life. <laughs> and Erica Ensign, thank you. I think I've been banished and I need to go see if that old outhouse still has a roof. Mm. And thanks everybody <laughs> out there for listening to this episode of The Incomparable. We will see you next time.